ask the Lord to minister to you this morning. But the last time of the hymn we have just sang says there is a cross that we must bear. If the crown we hope to wear, without the cross, there will be no crown. Onward then, with vigor new, time is short. Talk to the Lord, that this morning as we look into his word, he will challenge you afresh to renew your zeal in serving him. Yesterday is young people's service. But like our brother has made us know, no matter what your age is, so long as you are unmarried, as far as this church is concerned, you are a young person. And you are supposed to be attending the activities to be prepared for the coming king. But I also want to say that if you are in this service, whether you are married or single, your zeal for the master can still be renewed. Talk to him. And ask him to speak to your mind. And to quicken your spirit. For greater service in his house. Nobody is exempt. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, this morning. For the privilege to be in your presence. There are others who will desire to be in the church. But they are not privileged. Either because of ailments or government policy in their country. But here we are free, worshipping you. As we look into your holy laws, Lord, we pray that you will speak to our hearts. That at the end, O Lord, your name might be glorified. Thank you for hearing us and take every glory. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look into the scripture this morning, the passage you have just read. And we are looking at the topic, fervency for the Lord and for his work. From the text that was read to us, Romans chapter 12, from verse 1, even though we extend a little bit to verse 13. By way of introduction, what exactly is fervency? We can get the clearer meaning by looking at two Greek words. Number one is ectenes, which denotes strained or stretched, as in First Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Where it talks about having fervent love. In other words, the love that strains you, the love that stretches you, that costs you something. As in John chapter 3 verse 16, we are told that God had, it had to cost God his only son to display his love for you. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. Abraham's commitment and love for God cost him his only son whom he loved, as we will see in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2 to 3, and um, verse 10, and then Hebrews chapter 11, verse 18 to 19. The other Greek word is zeal, translated zeal, which means to be hot, to boil. In Acts chapter 18, verse 25, we are told that it was said of Apollos that he was fervent in spirit. In other words, he was boiling in spirit. Depicting his zeal and commitment in spite of limited knowledge. The prophet Isaiah said of Jesus, he was clad with zeal as a cloak. In Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17. Our emphasis is more on this second meaning. The issue of boiling. 
you know, something within you, you know, wants you to do more for the Lord, and you are even making efforts to restrain yourself. And that is the level we expected. If you are born again, you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There is no way you, you can fly in zeal if you are genuinely born again. There is a scenario that I would want to paint for us. Like our brother was talking about evangelism, you know, that he carried out in November in the uh, youth fellowship. That word evangelism is taken from the Greek word evangelizo. And it means to bear the good news. And um, it has to do with speech. Because the people that the news are meant for, there is a time lag. That if that message is not sent out quickly, the people might perish. Example is in the case of Esther. You remember that the people were supposed to bear the message on horseback. And they had to speed up. Because if they did not meet with the time frame, all the Jews in the kingdom of Ahasuerus would be wiped out. So the, the message of the king required that urgency. And that's what evangelism is all about. The people you are meant to reach out to have been a map for death. If the time lag gets, maybe the person dies without Christ. He gets, to, he gets to eternity and he forever he will live in torment. So you find out that it is wickedness on your part to be born again and you have this good news, the only means of deliverance of man, and you hoard it. So that is why the issue of zeal is something that you must carry. Though we are we majorly be addressing the youth, but even you that are adults also, you have every reason to be zealous for the Lord. It was also said of Jesus Christ, or he himself even had to quote from uh, Psalm 69 in John chapter 2 verse 17, that the zeal for your house, or rather the disciples remembered when he had to use whip to pursue people from his father's house and said, you know, my father's house was supposed to be a house of prayer, but you have uh, turned it into a house of merchandise and robbers. And today, if you look at what is happening in our churches today, you find out that that's exactly the picture. Most of the fighting is going on in churches because of money. You hear preachers preach. I have discovered that when you watch these tele-preachers, no matter the topic, at the end of the day, you are given an account number. Money is always at the back of it, most of the time. So the house of God has been turned into merchandise. As a child of God, as he preach your heart, like Jesus Christ, that the zeal for his, that, that, that the sanity might be maintained in the house of God, consumes you. And drives you. Now how can we be. How can we develop fervency. Or zeal for the Lord. And his work. Because that is the heart, at the heart of what we will be discussing this morning. How do we develop fervency. But before we begin to talk about that. Let's first settle just one single issue. Is fervency imperative. Or optional. Can I hear from the floor. Fervency. Is it imperative. Is it optional. If you like. If you don't like. They are critical about it. Anybody? Especially the young people. Is fervency imperative or optional? Our sister is saying that fervency is imperative. It's not optional. And if you watch the words that I use, this issue of must, it means it's compulsory. I will not give more um, opportunity because of our time, but suffice it to say, now in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 to 19, it is not optional. God himself called us on you to buy gold refined in fire and be zealous. He said, be zealous and repent. It's a warning. 
if you're not zealous, if you don't repent from your attitude to his work, the next thing that will follow it is judgment. If you look at the, the message to the church in Laodicea, God, lukewarmness irritates God. You come to the church and you're not really making any contribution to make the church move forward, to look better than you met it. We should not have spectators in the house of God. Everybody should have something that engages his or her hand. If you know you are between the ages 18, if you are between the ages 18 and 35, can you stand up? In this church, you are between ages 18 and 35. Can you stand? I said that more than 60% of the people in this church stand up. That's the privilege we have. You go to some other churches, they are majorly old, old people. When you even call the hymn to sing, it is sung very lively. We had a, a man in our fellowship. I think that man was above 90. Immediately he's brought to the fellowship. Immediately he sits down and starts sleeping. And he will sleep throughout the whole fellowship. And from that man I really learned what it means to be zealous for the Lord when you are still young. Can you open your Bible? I hope you have your Bibles as you are standing. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We will all read jointly from verse 9 to chapter 12 verse 2. And then we will go back and read chapter 9 verse 10. Are you there? Chapter 11, let's read together. Whatever translation you are having, read it slowly so that there will be some meaning. From verse 9 to chapter 12, verse 2. Let's go. One to go. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And let your heart share you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds do not return after the rain. Chapter 9, verse 10. Chapter 9, verse 10. I would want you to form the principle of your life on that verse. The way you go about everything you do, whether secular or religious or spiritual, any assignment you are given, let this verse inform the way you go about it. Can we read it together? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Can we, say it, can we read it again? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Amen. So let's sit down. Remember your creator while your light is brightest and your golden vessel is intact. Why should old men like our archdeacon or like our uncle Prof. Nebu see everything here is white and he will be 
more zealous than you. I feel so guilty each time I come to church and I see Mama, Mama Nebu already seated there. I said, this woman came to church before me. Because naturally, even betting should be difficult for her. Is it not true? Do you know that? These old people, even betting is difficult for them. Do you know that? They don't know. So it, takes, it should take them longer time to bait and prepare for church. And yet they will come to church, like if you took statistics this morning. Finally, the people who came earlier, at least I tried that this morning. Because I was going to address young people. And I discovered that the majority of people who come here to do the praying in the morning are majorly the older ones. You can come and verify. So what keeps you? You're not married. There's no baby to distract you. And yet to come to church and before 8 a.m. is so difficult for you. What's going to happen when you're old? I'll give you two challenging experiences I had. One was at UI. I understand your father was having outreach. You know, and then um, at the end of the day, he made another call. And this professor was one of those who came to attack a very old man. I think he should just be at the brink of retirement if he has not retired. So, as he came to altar call, by the time I finished praying for them and people started going back, he refused to go back. And he was there crying. His dress was drenched. So, Aya now went close to him and asked him to go back. He said, no, he was crying. Every amount of it was fine. What was his problem? He said he didn't know that serving God was this sweet and he has wasted his life. Aya was trying to encourage him that the remaining one, you can still use it to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to be young. Some of us are just wasting our lives there. When the prophecy was going on, I was really pitying you. I would have not been happy to be a youth at this point in time in our national life. There is every reason for you to be confused. Hello? Hello? There is every reason for you to be confused. And it is not your fault. It's my fault and my generation. I went to visit my cousin who was reading medicine at Unec there. And if you gave me entertainment, I'm very serious, I can't eat it. Because the whole place was stinking. And you see so many beds packed outside. And then the foams they brought in, they have to use it. And outside they just got it as very, very dirty. Even that they are hostile, there's no access through to it. If you drive in there, the wound I have on my car was there that I sustained it. Yeah. Big hostel, like by the way, hostel, uh, is it by the way you call it or what? You, you cannot have access to it. It's the wickedness of the leadership of this nation. And then under that circumstance, you're expected to excel. And if your hostel is that bad, which is easier to maintain, I wonder how the labs are. For those of you who are reading medicine or sciences, whether the things you need to excel are there. So there is every reason for you to be confused. But the prophecy gave you a solution. That all the questions you have, who can answer them? So, it is, it, in fact, if they say time that they used to seek the Lord, it is now. Because the confusion is great. There is no solution, there is no joy, there is no happiness out there. But in the Lord, you have the answers to all your questions. And it's only in the Lord that your life can have meaning. Hello? So that's the truth about it. How can we develop zeal? That is the major discussion we have and then we pray. And I have about seven points and all of them, except one maybe, is taken from, all of them are taken from this uh, text. Romans chapter 12. The first thing that I put in here is from verse 1. 
I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So the number one thing that you need to do in order to develop zeal and fervency is to offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto God. And that is what it means to accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior is to submit your life to Him. This is in two phases. This issue of sacrificing yourself, presenting yourself as living sacrifice, they are in two phases, primary and secondary sacrifice. The primary sacrifice, the first day you came to realize, uh, to, you came to the realization that you are a sinner. And you repent and give your life to the Lord. Like we believe that today, some people, if you are not yet born again, at the end of the day, when the altar call is made, you start up to give your life to Christ. And the idea is that you submit to him and tell him that this is, you want to begin to live your life according to his directives, according to the dictates and the standards of his word. You're no longer going to be controlled by your friends and your peers. One of the things I always tell youths, each time we talk about peer pressure, why should peer pressure always be negative? Why can I not be the pressure in my class? Why should I not be the one that dictates that every student in my class learns how to pray? In our own student days, when a lecturer is not coming, we don't allow believers to be shouting and discussing about disco. You go to the front and tell them that the exam is coming. We want to pray. And you share the word. And none of them will resist, except maybe if after calling results, they use your name to uh, round up the class. But if you are among the first, second, third in your class, there's no way you come and stand to talk to them and they'll say no. Most of my classmates have been taught things they could not understand from the lecturer. So I cannot come to preach and they'll say, no, get out. So you preach and you pray. By the time the lecturer is coming, you leave. Why can't you be a peer pressure? Even if you are the only born again among 50 students, why can't you be the peer pressure on them? Why must it be them that will dictate to you, make you to show your breath, make you to go naked, make you to tell us and to steal and to join courtesy? Why can't it be the other way around? Who tells that peer pressure must be negative? So when you sacrifice yourself to God, you become a force wherever you are found. Because light is always more powerful than darkness. Is it not true? So that's the first thing. And as you give him, let me tell you, the day you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the day you begin to live. Without Christ, you are a condemned criminal. There is no apology about it. Anybody that does not have Christ, a condemned criminal, your day of execution is just being awaited. Hello? And that is why God says, I have the same reason for you to be proud. It's that, that the proud that you know and understand him that is the Almighty. If there's anything to brag about, it's your knowledge of the Lord Almighty, your Creator. So long as you're living in ignorance of him, you're a condemned criminal, and like I said, you're just waiting your day of execution. And it must come. And that is why when you hear his word, you should not have it in your heart. Praise the Lord. The second, the second sacrifice, is, uh, the secondary sacrifice is a continuous process. It's not something that is done just one day and then. You know, you decide to sacrifice your comfort, your possession, your time and talent to the service of the master. And uh, it's not compulsory that you must come and wear a collar like our uncle's dear. You can be in a church and be busier than Ash, uh, uh, Ash Dickens, as far as this church is concerned. You can be making more powerful contributions, as far as the records of God is concerned, than the people who are ordained. Is it possible? 
That when they are counting the souls that are in this church, the ones you have won will be by far greater than that one by uh, those won by the archdeacon. So you don't need a caller to serve the master. It's a question of you just showing yourself to him and say, I'm giving my life to you for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a soul winner. Oh, I'm going to be in the choir. I'm going to be in the men's fellowship to be used as an instrument for the growth of your church. Number two, changing your worldview. One of the ways you can develop zeal apart from the issue of sacrifice is changing your worldview. Verse 2 and 3 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each and every one of us a measure of faith. If you also look at Matthew chapter 16, you know, from verse 21 to 27, and then Luke chapter 12, verse 15, says, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So you find that a life of consecration is costly. All this issue of material well-being, that is not where life consists. If you go to places like Independently or GRA, you see the whole of in life. You see very big mansions. Nobody is living there. And when the man was living, that was where he spent the whole of his life, investing to build that big mansion. But the children come up and they are in UK, they are in US, they are not interested, they lock it up. There are so many of them there at independent layouts. But when he was alive, I have a neighbor directly opposite me. When he was alive, the golf car he was driving, if you see the way, it, 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 he spent more than one hour washing it, take it to car wash, keep it very neatly. But today the man is late. And I don't think he lasted up to two weeks. I'm not a judge. I don't think he took up to two weeks. And the first one took it, and the back windscreen fell off. And they used the film bag to cover it. And before you know it, the vehicle became packed. But when the man was alive, he was not playing with that car. Very beautiful car, good color. So there's so much holiness in wasting your life in material pursuits. You must be prepared to pay the price. Luke chapter 14, verse 27 to 33 says, When a, a man that wants to build a house, don't you sit down and... and Take the cost first before you go and start so that people will not say, hey, this man started building and he was unable to finish it. Or a king that is going to war and he will not first and foremost evaluate the strength of the enemy so that he will be able to counter them with his own army. Or you go to the front there and be defeated woefully. Some of us, that's how life is with us. Total consecration through sacrifice is a missing ingredient in, in today's Christianity, especially among the young ones. Especially among the young ones. And my brother has given me a little bit secret when he was talking about the man he preached or the young man he preached to. And he said he was going to church because of um, it was a custom in their family, isn't it? And most of you go to church because it's a custom in your family. There are very few youths that have received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior on their own. Like me, my father never entered church for one day. From the day he was born to the day he died. So if you are from that kind of background, who is going to tell you about the gospel? I had to pray my, mo- my mother visually into the church before she died. That gives me some, some joy. So, 
you go to church, you come back, you're punished. The father will carry a knife and pursue me and I'll be running and you think I committed robbery. You know. And those things made us very strong. But today, we beg you to come to church. Beg you to come to fellowship. And that is why you are hardly strong. A man wrote and he said that um, the people in the tropics, thank God there are so many doctors looking at me, the people in the tropics are more resistant to disease because they are living in very harsh weather. And so they, they are resistant to disease. But those of them in the temperate climate, the little exposure to mosquitoes, they just die. Sometimes it's true because of the immune system. Okay. Say sometimes it's true because of the immune system. Now, if you don't know about it, you see these um, mad people along the route. Do you see them eating things in the gutter? Uh-huh. Go and try it. <laughs> the immune system has been fortified. So, I've forgotten his name. I, I read that book, The Blood of Jesus. And he said that that thing also applied spiritually. Ian Bounds, if you have read that his book, The Blood of Jesus. He said um, that spiritually it's also true. When you are hardened as a child of God, you can go places. But when you are, the way we pet, even yesterday I was telling my wife that we are doing so much for these children. I've discovered what is happening now. He said, boy wants to wed. 90% of the people in that crowd are the fathers and mothers best. Even some cases, it's 100% of the wedding money is the parents that spend it. Then my wife is already serving herself what he will be buying for the children for youth service. I say, now nah, I'm not with you. Okay, I'm my own youth service. My father said, they want Kobo. So I buy, so buy everything for you. When you go for youth service, I continue to buy. No way. I'll not do that. Like a dog. When the ch- children were in the same school with my children, they would trick. He's a medical doctor. Me, I'm just any small income. But he's a big man. But he will not carry the children to school. So I had to confront him. He said, no, they have to stand on their own. And I think it's a good lesson. Some of us go, I was about to wiki, 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 the morning, I go to school wrong, brrr, I go and drop them at the gate. Then in the afternoon, I take break to come and pick them. And when I come, Prince, his face would just be like this. I said, what is your problem? Are you hungry? He said, Daddy, why did you waste time? <laughs> I, just, I just feel like slapping him. <laughs> I, I didn't come on time. Other children, have they all gone? <laughs> One is here hearing me. Because they will always complain. We promise, Sarah, you come and carry us on time. You will just forget us in the school. My father, was he coming to carry me? So those exposures that we were given made us strong. But these ones will pet them, will spoil them, but you can decide to harden yourself because there's no way you're going to survive in weakness. You know? You can take a decision this morning, I'm going to live a rugged life for the Lord. After all, those of you in youth service say rugged, rural record evangelism. This is not what people say. You should be rural and rugged. Here in this church, we visually beg you to come and load things for us in the vehicle when we are going for outreach. Why should you even come and load and go back? Why can't you even follow us? 
And uh, some of them will ask of God, have toilet. I forgot the language used in describing the place you go for toilet. You assess the environment to know whether it will be comfortable for you. If God was to assess the environment before blessing you, you would have been a dead person by now. Wake up from your stupor. Wake up from your, your way of doing things and be zealous for the Lord and you'll be better off for it. Amen. Number three is to catch a vision. We talked about worldview. It is your heart. The Bible says that a man thinketh, so he eats. It is your heart that determines the way you live your life. Your heart. We cannot overemphasize it, but let's leave it because of time. Let's look at the number three. Catch a vision of the importance of the body of Christ. That's the church. And find out your function in it. Verse, eight, verse 4 to 8. I will read it because it's long. But if you look at verse 4 to 8, you find out that it's addressing the body. Every member of the body of Christ has a function. Just check the person sitting there. You say, what, what is your function? Have you discovered it? If you can sing well and you're here, and we have a choir, you're not there. Even there are some wings that are compulsory. Like if you're a man, you said you must of a necessity be in the men's fellowship. It's not optional. No. It's compulsory for everyone. They make announcement all men to wake. You just carry your Bible as for Basaroge. Except you're a visitor. And for how long will you be a visitor? By the time you have visited the church, first Sunday, second Sunday, all the findings you want to make, wouldn't you admit them? Hello? People should tell me now. After you visit the church, one Sunday, two Sunday, is it not enough? Any question anyway, wouldn't it have been answered? When I was transferred to Bidin, and I was looking for a church to worship, the first one I went with my wife, we sat at the Sunday school, and he said there's something wrong in marrying two wives. Provided you can manage them very well. Name my wife and you name. We didn't stay for the church service. Carried our Bible. <laughs> we went to another one. <laughs> That's in Sunday. And we discovered that it was a political church because that was the church we needed on worship. And the noise was just too much. And at the end of the day, they do so many other ceremonies that the word of God was just a small, small space. Nikwa, my wife, Olim, carried her Bible, left, and went to a third one, which was like this chapel, was the student's church because it was inside the seminary. So we discovered it was student's church. When the students are on holiday, there will be no church. <laughs> Most of the time, even the church will even be locked because it's meant for the seminary. Three churches on a Sunday. So it's not supposed to take a spiritual man so long to discover whether a church is good for you or not. There was a church that the Spirit was pointing, but it was far from my house. So but I ventured and went there, and I was happy. And when my wife would come to Benin, and uh, she will accuse me that whenever they come to me, I'll be running like a new convert to go to church. But when I come to Enugu, I'll be dragging my leg. I say, hey. But when she eventually worshipped in that church two, three times, I say, hey, no wonder. You know, in that church, from opening prayer to the end of sharing benediction, you are on alert. Because you don't want to miss anything. I'm not exaggerating. And the church service can never cross 12 noon. I don't, know, I don't know why men, men who have the message always run church services. 
For those places where they tell story, they will keep you till three. In our life, what am I really going home with? What did the man preach? So it does not take you more than two Sundays to settle down and be part of the church and find out where you socket yourself to make effective contributions. Men's fellowship, women's fellowship, they are divided into uh, various places you are living to make it easier for you. You should be a part of it. Youth fellowship, we have a teen church over there and we are looking for hands. You have the witnessing when you have the outreach committee. We are looking for people. This morning our leader was telling me we should be praying, looking for a new place where we are going. This church is an evangelical church. I am personally impressed with what is going on. Of course the Archbishop also says it. The other day he came here, you heard him. Be a part of it! Don't just come here as if it's a tradition. Be a part of what God is doing. Contribute your money, contribute your time. Hallelujah. See the way I put it as a catch a vision of the importance of the body of Christ. If you catch it, you cannot afford not to be zealous for it. You will prepare to die for the church. You know, because I don't have time, just rushing. But if you look at um, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 29, I call it the CV of our brother Paul. You know, and he said that he enumerated those things, but the last one normally intrigues me. Second Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 to 29. But I will just read verse 28 and 29. He said, beside all these things, you know, in peril in wartime, sleepless nights, death, very close to death, and so many of that things, imprisonment. But look at verse 8 and, uh, 28 and 29. It says, besides the other things, that's all these other things above, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. My deep concern. Do you know that the, the problem of the church in Nigeria should be a problem to you? It should be a body. And what is happening in the terms of God should trouble you. What is happening in you is it should trouble you. The Boko Haram in the north, the fact that they are killing Christians who were in Cameroon. And one of our SCS staff told us that as we were there in Cameroon, the parents, the father was in a different mountain, the mother was in a different mountain. And the children. Some of us are not even aware that most of these people, Borno State claims to be the original Islam, if you read the history of Nigeria, especially northern Nigeria. And the caliphate, the caliphate never conquered Borno states. And the north, the, this other side of the north, has always had ill will against the Borno Empire. Because they claim superiority over other north. And these other people, uh, uh, what you call husband and Fodi, never conquered Borno states. And so it's that conquering that has been accomplished. If you look at the, 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 the names of the Chibok girls, more than 70% of them are Christians. They are members of SCS. But we are here, we are complacent, we are not bothered. If you cannot send money or relieve material, can't you pray? If you cannot even physically go to minister, dear, can't you pray for the church? As we are talking now, they are talking about, um, they are having a cave. I, I think the news this morning, they said they have discovered the place where they are putting arms, you know, to bomb Abuja. Talking about bombing hotels. Now my wife was supposed to check into a town in Abuja tomorrow. I told her, look at the business. They will bomb now. <laughs> you know? So, these things are happening. 
do they burden you to pray? Do you have a zeal? Do you have a passion for the church of Jesus Christ? Let's go to the next point because of time. Number four, prayer. When you spend time in the presence of God, there is no way you will not be zealous for Him. When you value the issue of spending time in the presence of God. I said there, your fervency is in direct proportion to the time you spend in the Lord's presence. That's verse 11 and and verse 12 of our text. And I said, see the example of Moses in Exodus chapter 24, verse 16 to 18, and then verse 30, uh, chapter 34, 29 to 30. Men and demons could not behold his face when he came from the presence of God. Is that true? They could not. They had to put a veil before people can look at him. If you have read the angels on assignment, when the man went to the throne of God, he asked God about, he said he asked up to 120 questions. And one of the questions he asked God, is it that when we pray, you come to deliver us. And God said, if I should wait until you pray, the devil would have finished dealing with you. And God told him that angel Michael, this thing you call Lucifer, was the head of all the angels. So he said that Lucifer and Gabriel, they are supposed to bow to him. But why do Michael and Gabriel have power over Satan? It is because of the longevity of the time they spend in the presence of God. So when they come from the presence of God, the honor of the glory they are carrying, the devil cannot withstand it. Hello? I don't pray for my security. I don't. It doesn't bother me. If not for my wife, I'll travel at the time of the day. Because if Satan comes, he's the one that should run, not me. Not me. Because the honor of the glory that I'm carrying, Satan cannot come near it. They come and say, court boys, court boys. Court boys, when they see you, you spend time in the presence of God, the court boys are coming, they should change direction. Hello? The head of the carpoon, you are passing through a track road in your university and they are coming, they will leave. I was there in a room where I didn't know that all of them were court boys. They had to tell the person who was courting me that I have to pack. Went home to the village and the Ago Kreke came and met me and said, Yes, I have to pack. I said, For what? What have I done to you? He said, Nothing, but I have to leave. I came, I carried my things, scattered it in different rooms. It was when the young man became born again that he said that those people told him that so long as I'm in that room, even when I'm not physically there, anything they are doing is zero. Hello? Spend time in the presence of God. And then when you come out, how can you not speak? That same court boy, when we were roommates in one of the hostels. And one day, I don't know, he was complaining about soap dish. And I thought something about Christ. I don't know. I actually, I don't know how I brought in Christ. He got angry. He almost laughed me. He said, what has Christ got to do with soap ditch? You have become mental. I'm talking about soap ditch. You are bringing in Christ. When you spend time in the presence of God, every time anything is being said, it is God you'll be talking about. There is no way you spend time in the presence of God and come out and you will not be zealous. So it's a direct proportion. Number five is burden for the needy and the lost. Verse 13. You need to have a burden for those who are in need, like we prayed this morning. Verse 13 says, distributing to the needs of the saints and giving to hospitality. Please, many Nigerians are suffering. I don't know whether it was here in the fellowship, where it was said, I think it was in the church here, that somebody was saying, they asked somebody, Yes, you are the one that said it. I asked somebody, why have you not gone back to school? Money was not re- yet ready. 
But your own children, they go either a day, a day or two ahead. Because you don't talk about school fees. But there are others, even in this church, that as the semester is coming, they don't have money to send their children back. And when you are the type that has bodied, there's no way you will not be zealous to meet the needs of those people. And it's a part of evangelism, a part of reaching out for the Lord. Then number six, keeping our lives away from the from fire extinguishers. If you didn't take note of any other points, young people, take note of that. It can be your father, it can be your mother. Homework is a good vision. Papa gave fire extinguisher. I can even be your pastor. Hello? That's number six. Keep your lives away from fire extinguishers and zeal killers. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. There are people when you are in association with them, they quench the fire in your life. Every comment from their mouth will never set you on fire for the Lord. When you have some people around you, run away from them. Sin and its associate will certainly weigh you down. You have to abhor it. Run away from sin. Finally, number seven, feast on the word of God. Make the word of God your closest companion and you'll be on fire for the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 25 says, Revive me according to your word. Psalm 119 verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 119 verse 139 to 140 says, My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your words... Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. Do you love the word of God? If you spend time on the word of God, you will be zealous to share it. If you look at the account of Ezekiel, he said when he ate the word, how was it in his mouth? Eh? It was sweet. But when he got into his stomach, what happened? Eh? It became bitter because it's not meant to be stored. It's meant to be released. So, so long as you pronounce it, the word will continue to be fresh and sweet. But when you store it and you close your mouth, it will become bitter. It will make you uncomfortable. Hallelujah. There is great... Um, I said here, why fervency? Because, I gave you just one reason, there is great eternal reward. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. You know, people run their race. All these people are running the race, play football, just for temporal benefits. But whatever zeal you are exhibiting in the house of the Lord has eternal benefit. Conclusion. In 1903, Lenin started communism with 17 people, and they were all youths. In 1917, he took over Russia with only 40,000 followers. Today, communists control more than one-third of the world's population. Then the other one-third is taken over by Islam. Why are they taking over the world? Dedication, commitment, zeal, fervency, do for a wrong cause. Bilal Hadley, 20 years, watch the years, 20 years, blew up himself in France strike. Ahmed, al 25 years, Ibrahim Adesha, 31, Sami Animo, 28, and Omar Ishmael Motafai, 29, born to an Algerian father and a Portuguese mother. Of course, being a Portuguese mother, that means they had a Christian background, but he converted to Islam. All these ones were involved in the France suicide bombing. Suicide bombing is a form of evangelism. I hope you are aware. It's evangelism. What Muhammad taught is the Quran or what? Or the sword. 
So when you refuse to receive the Quran, what you are entitled to is the sword. And since sword is no more invoked, what is invoked now is bomb. So you are worthy of being bombed. So that way you will be sent to hell if you refuse Muhammad. But if you accept it, then you will not be killed. Now let me tell you, this issue of refugees pouring into Europe, and since they refuse to accept Christ, then they should accept their dead. That thing is not refugees. When we leave, you don't have all the time to pack your money and get ready. Look at those people. See how healthy they are. Carrying very healthy babies. And they even drink bottled water. And they have money to pay for train, pay for buses. And you're telling me that they are refugees. It's a part of evangelism. And some of the countries where they are going, the number of the refugees are higher than the population of the country. And I pity... I pity, um, what's her name, Hollandese, that is, is, is refusing to change their policy. And Germany is saying, even if the whole Europe is accepting them, they are still going to accept them. Because the wrong con- policies that were contrary to the word of God, is every family, one child. Today, they don't have people to run their factories. And so they are happy that these refugees are coming. But they are going to be their undoing. If you follow the news, you find out that two or three of those people who bombed France were refugees. They entered as refugees. And even with France is now, you know, the U.S. was bombed, I think, uh, in California, about two, three days ago, by ISIS. So all the American network does not stop them from still bombing them. The other day it was a hotel in Mali. You know, our own person, he just told us he was, he was not there. He was in Mali. This um, the richest man in Africa was in Nigeria. Eh? Dangote was in Mali, that period that hotel was born. He not only escaped, he would have been dead by now. You know? So we are going to pray. But if these people are ready to die for a wrong cause and go to eternal hell, but you and I that have the message of life, what are we doing with it? Let us pray. We are praying. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime, He will take care of me. He will never, never let me down. As I give God my lifetime, fervent in spirit, diligent in business for the Lord, not slothful, serving the Lord. Can you speak to God? What is your service so far? Today is December 6th. The year is 25 days away from ending. What so in the year of making disciples have you fervently brought to the Lord? What is heaven's account for you? Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Where are you found? In the annals of heaven? In the annals of serving God in the church? Can you speak to God? How come you are just good enough for warming the seat? Is that what God told you from the beginning? I'm old, I'm 70, I'm 80. Oh, that was when God began to use Abraham. 
I'm young. I cannot speak like Jeremiah. Oh, the Lord's hand was still upon him as well. What excuse do you have? Can you tell the Lord, here I am, use me. My life must be known for a cause. I must be found diligently, fervently, in an area of conviction where you have committed me. Forgive me for the time of lukewarmness. Forgive me for the time of being in slumber. Forgive me for the times of being confused and ignorant, even when I had known you. Speak to God. Tell him this morning, Lord, my lifetime, the remaining years, if Jesus starries, perhaps, Lord, I want to be found in your service. I want to have an account in heaven of souls reckoned where angels are rejoicing. I spent my time more on the world view, on what people think, and amassing the abundance of things that are worldly important. I have not paid attention to that which gladdens heaven. Can you speak to God and let him hear you? This morning he's ready to bring you back and to bring a favor upon you and a fervency that only heaven can be a stopping point. Can we ask all the young people wherever you are to stand? And as you stand, the older people, you're praying for them and you're praying for yourself. Lord, may my life amount to a value, even right now. I still have breath of life in me. The reason why God has kept you and I is because he has created us in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he had prepared us to do. The moment there is no more work for you to do, good work, the moment there is nothing more left for you to do on account of heaven, you've told God, I'm ready to go. And that's when many people go. Even though some of us think they go earlier. But that's the time you've told God, nothing more to do. So what is the good work? Ask the Lord, I want to be fervent in spirit. I want to be diligent in business. I want to be found serving you. And as I seek first your kingdom and righteousness, you will add life. You will add strength. You will add provision. You will add the other things that people spend the rest of their energy pursuing. And yet, coming to little or nothing. And for these young people, Lord, we pray that as they stand this morning, your grace will abound unto them again in the name of Jesus. We ask that your spirit will breathe into them alive. That none of them will need a push. None of them will need a question. None of them will need to be asked, serve the Lord. Use your energy of youth in the time when you are aware to burn out for the Lord. Father, right today, here and now, we commend every one of them and ask you that whatsoever had been a hindrance on their way to standing for you, to open their mouth to speaking and witnessing for the gospel to being on fire for you to have a witness that the zeal of the Lord has consumed me as they burn their energy for you may your name be glorified in their lives at the moment and tomorrow and in their future in the name of Jesus Christ Father in heaven we pray, Almighty God, that ignorance be away. The time of ignorance of what to do with their time that burns
comes out, many who spend all their time, especially on phone and internet and computer, and chat away the time. And many who do not see the opportunities beside him to make a positive impact for your name. Today, you turn them around from that ignorance and bring them to a life of health and grace with you in the name of Jesus. Lord, the things that eat away our time that we cannot account for, the times we spend in things that make us negatively primed, primed to peer pressure, primed by computer, primed by every of the tendencies. Today, we convert them, Lord, to your word and make there be a striking again by the lifting of your spirit, stirring us up in the name of Jesus. May our lives take a turn for the better. May every young man and young woman who is here today, committed unto you, serve you in the fullness of the energy of their strength in the name of Jesus. And may they see you help them excel. Excel in issues of academic. Excel in issues of life. And Father, you will chart a path for them as they make a choice and trust on you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Almighty, let no one here go back to what they used to be. The days are evil. The time is short. Young men and women are burning up themselves. Some 13, 14 year old young girls. And they burn up in explosion. Because they believe in a cause. And here we are. And we have the life. And we have made a commitment to you. And we have the peace and the joy. And Father, we refuse to be involved in the work. Have mercy upon us in the name of Jesus. Enlist us, O God, and let your fire burn within, that those who see us will take note that we have not only been with Jesus, we remain for him, and his imprint is upon our life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that, Father, we will be a fire where we are, that rather than being drawn away to the level of others, we assess, we command the attention and influence of people around us to God's word in the name of Jesus. Give us souls to God, even in the remaining years, the remaining days of the year. Give us things that we can say the Lord has put joy in our heart, and we have made heaven happy. Lord, make that our portion, and Father, our needs, you would take care of them. That's your promise. May young people here experience that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Almighty, as we answer us and do that which is utmost to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And for the older people of God, and for those who are much younger, we ask of you, Father, may we be found engaged in the things that engage and delight our master. Every one of us, in our reading of the word, in our prayer, we can intercede for events happening in the church, in the life of others, in giving away unto the need of others. Open our eyes to the vision of why you have kept us alive. And every day we awake, that work will go on to the glory of heaven to bring in joy unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we are praying, the Lord has opportuned you and I to enter the last month of the year. Usually when it's December, everybody is in a hurry. Those on the road are in a hurry. Those in the market are in a hurry. Everyone seems to be racing against time. Who set the clock? Who set the timetable? The system of the world. But you have a con with the Lord. He has preserved you and I unto the last month of this year. And for a purpose, will you ask the Lord, into this last month of the year, it doesn't matter what is bugging others. 
It doesn't matter what cost they pursue. It doesn't matter how they run to make a name by the end of the year. It doesn't matter how they want to compare themselves with themselves by December 25th or January 1. Lord, I want to run a course that glorifies you. Can you ask God for that? Lord, I want to make an impact for heaven. Lord, I want every day of these remaining days of the year, which you have privileged me to be, to be as unto you. To reckon with eternal importance. Young or old, tell the Lord, may they count for eternity. May they count in the eyes of heaven. May I be preserved of you to do them. We are not just asking God preserve us because it is customary to ask. The Lord will preserve us for good cause in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will cause that every one of us who has seen the beginning of this month will see the end of the month and the end of the year according to his sure word of promise in the name of Jesus Christ. But we ask in the Lord, the reason why he has kept us, may heaven take the glory for it. May the joy of heaven be full. Whatever the needs are, he says as we seek first the kingdom, as we are found fervently in him, as we get home, as we travel, and we have a purpose to turn others to Christ, to point them to the deeds of Jesus upon our life, to turn them from the hopelessness of the things happening around us, to where solution can be found. As we engage in them, the Lord will preserve you are going in and you are coming out in the name of Jesus. The Lord will give you greater testimony, not on things that are seen or things that can be touched or things that concern in the abundance of life, but that which is spiritual and the Lord will make you not only last out, but be a blessing beyond in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, this is our prayer. Cost us to God. In these remaining days of the year, as we travel, Lord, nothing that is out of you will encumber our life and our way in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we go under the chariot you have marked. You said we should put our trust in you. You said we rely on you. You said we should look up to you. Though you spoke specifically to young people, but you spoke to every one of us who is here. Young at heart because yet before you, we're still young to serve. And therefore, Lord, as we engage in the things that honor you, preserve us in the name of Jesus. There are many who may yet be saying we don't have this, we don't have that. But you have given us life and an assignment. And Father, all that we require to end the year in life and in godliness. Father, students, adults, male, female, here. Lord, you will provide in the name of Jesus. We will not go a borrowing nor a sorrowing. We will not go, Lord, comparing with others. Lord, according to your word, according to the time of life, you will provide those necessities as we engage ourselves in the reason for the season to live for you and to make inroads and finish up the task of making disciples for you wherever you send us this period. In the name of Jesus, you will preserve our lives. You will preserve our going in and coming out. You will cause us to a thousand will fall by our side and ten thousand by our right side. They shall not come near us. We may hear them with our ears, but Lord, our lives will be precious in your sight. In the name of Jesus, you will cause us to dwell in hell stronger than we started the year with. And Father, our testimonies will be that this God has remained faithful not only in the needs of our spirit, but in also making us, Lord, have no lack as we end the year in the name of Jesus. You will keep us from evil because we are determined to be a joy and a delight to you. And there will be no death amongst us recorded according to your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
that as men run from pillar to post, run helter-skelter, run as if there's a timetable for them, we shall patiently wait on the Lord. He who believes the Lord shall not make haste. We shall walk according to your program and we shall be fulfilled in serving you. Blessed be your name, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.